Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to the MTC Movement Podcast, also known as our More Than Conquerors Movement. My name is Sarah Harris, and I hope that today's message encourages you and inspires you to be more than a conqueror. Welcome back to the MTC Movement. We are so happy that you guys are back. We hope you had an amazing holiday and a happy new year. You know, I seriously can't believe that we're already in 2022. Like, it just hit me, the fact that we're in 2022 already. And even though 2021 was somewhat crazy, it's crazy how it just flew by. And as we enter this year, I want to challenge each of us to make this our year. And that's the title of this message today. Make it our year. You know, with COVID happening in the past couple of years and just different events that have happened throughout the world, our world has become very fearful. It's become very offensive. It tries to tell us who we can or can't be. But we have to remember that even in the chaos, even in the craziness, that God is still with us and that we can still make a change in our world. I believe that this year, the year 2022, is going to be full of testimonies, of healings, of miracles, and such a great future. And we can't let people or even events that have happened take that away from us. We can't let them dictate the life that God has promised us. It's crazy because I've already seen memes and videos of people being afraid to go into 2022 as a joke. And while it may seem funny, it's declaring that this year is going to be like the past two years. But it doesn't have to be. There is so much that we can do and change, not just in our world but in our personal lives as well. There are so many people in the Bible that changed history, even when chaos was all around them. They accomplished what God called them to. There was David, who was the weakest and youngest brother, and he defeated a giant. There was Joshua, who brought down the walls of Jericho. And of course, There was Jesus who healed people without any scientific explanation, and so many more. The man that I'll be talking about today is someone that faced opposition and obstacles, and even faced negativity from other people, yet despite it all, was able to change that year of his life. He was able to change history. It was a man known as Nehemiah. Nehemiah served as a high-ranking official to King Arzares. I hope that's how you pronounce it. We're going to go with it. (laughs) One day, Nehemiah received news, of course, that the exiles who already returned to Judah were in trouble and that the walls were in complete ruin. After praying about the situation, Nehemiah approached the king with his concerns. The king then graciously gave him permission to go to Jerusalem to serve as a governor and rebuild the walls. The night that he arrived, Nehemiah went out to look at all the damage that had taken place. And we're jumping in at Nehemiah chapter 2, 15 through 17 in the English Standard Version. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall. And I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. 
and the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing. And I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest who were to do the work. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins, with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision. Now, this passage is really interesting because the word derision in the last verse there is defined as ridicule or mockery. We find out in the story that there are enemy camps surrounding that area. More than likely, they were antagonizing the exiles that had already returned. And these camps, we'll find out later, did not want these walls to be rebuilt. Nehemiah, honestly, you know, could have left things alone, right? I mean... He was living the good life. He was a king's official. The exiles were moving back into the city. And even though the walls were broken down, they could still live there. But he made the choice to build the walls back up because it was the right thing to do, even when it seemed crazy. It was something that God called him to do. And because God called him to do it, and he knew what was right... He was able to make a change. So my question for you today is in life, when it comes to the things that we can change, whether it's something in our community, in our home, or even within ourselves, the question is, will we make the choice to make the necessary change? Or will we leave things as they are, knowing we can do something about it? There's always going to be opportunity in our lives for change and growth and sometimes is required. I truly believe that if we let it, this can be a year of change. It can be a year of turnaround, of healing, restoration, and joy. But we do have a world that's not going to make that easy. To make it our year, I have some points for you today that will help each of us, not just for this new year, but for every day of our lives, and with them, change our world and help us to live as more than conquerors. The first thing I encourage you to do to make it your year is to descry the possibilities. Now, I know that sounds a lot like the word describe, but I promise it's exactly as I said it. Describe means to catch sight of and to discover by observation. In my life, I've seen the power of observation. I've seen how things are, but I also have seen how they can be just by describing the possibilities, by catching sight of what could be. As Nehemiah was walking around through the different parts of the city, he started describing the possibilities. He started to see not what was there in the moment, but what it could be. He saw that by rebuilding the wall, it would bring hope back to the exiles and even help bring a new covenant with God. Nehemiah saw beyond the rubble and saw what the wall could do for the future, for their community. And he couldn't leave it as the world labeled it. By Nehemiah describing the possibilities, it gave him the confidence and the inspiration to rebuild. You know, when things happen in our lives, it's very easy to lose focus of the positive things. It's easy to lose sight of possibilities that are in our future. It's very easy to just get stuck in the rubble 
But when we begin to describe the possibilities, when we begin to catch sight of not what we're going through, but what could be, it puts our focus in a different direction. You know, if I can be completely honest, this past year has not been the easiest. And I've had to do a lot of thinking, rethinking, and had to really spend a lot of time describing my possibilities, catching sight of what God could do in my life. And with that, it required me to experience a lot of change within me and around me. And as we know, change is not easy. Part of describing our possibilities, part of catching sight of things for the future is to face some change head on. There may be some changes we need to make to be able to catch sight of what could be. Maybe it's changing our thinking patterns. Maybe it's letting go of people who keep us in our past. Maybe it's forgiving someone or getting into the word of God more or getting to the gym. Whatever the case may be, as we make any necessary changes, we're able to see more and more possibilities. Nehemiah was able to make necessary changes in his life and within his community because of how the wall could be. And as you go into this year, I encourage you, don't focus on the mess that surrounds you. Focus on what could be and what God can do this year for you. The second thing I encourage you to do this year to make it your year is defy the odds. If you read the story of Nehemiah, you'll see that for the people of Jerusalem, rebuilding the wall was definitely not an easy task. Not only were they physically tired and they were worn out, but they had enemies coming from those other camps trying to stop them from building this wall, speaking negative words and even threats over them. Nehemiah, however, wasn't going to let that stand in the way. He did something about it. Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 in the English Standard Version. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fights for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that, it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. We all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leader stood behind the whole house of Judah. The odds were definitely up against Nehemiah. The people had faced constant ridicule and was threatened on a daily basis. When it wasn't their enemies around them, it was the rubble they had to keep pulling out and removing. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, that some of them wanted to quit. I would have been like, peace out. <laughs> but to live is more than conquerors, you know, they had to defy the odds. And we have to defy the odds. To openly resist or refuse. To say that even if this is happening, I'm not going to let it overtake me. Even if someone says something to me, I'm not going to let it define me. Even if there's an obstacle, I'm not going to let it stop me. Nehemiah wouldn't let the security of daylight or the sleepiness of night keep him from the work. 
because he knew how important it was to have this wall built. The threats, limitations, and even hard labor didn't stop them. Even though the odds were stacked up against Nehemiah, he refused to give up. That's part of defying any odds, is to have perseverance. Because there's going to be moments where things are going to be stacked up against us. But we can't give up. Nehemiah never gave up. He kept pursuing that dream of the wall being built. And with that, it sent a message to the enemies. He, along with the other people, were sending the message to the enemies that their tactics and mind games weren't going to work. That they would do whatever it takes to make this wall a reality. There will always be enemies in our way. Whether it's obstacles, other people, or even our own worst enemy, ourselves. To defy the odds though, this year and in life, we can't let those odds have the victory. We can't let obstacles stand in our way. We can't believe everything that we hear. Because people are going to be wrong. Stats are going to be flawed. What everyone else sees as impossible, we have to look at as God possible. Meaning that anything is possible, even the impossible, because we have a limitless God. And if it's in his will, it can be achieved, it can happen, and it can take place. We can do anything that we set our minds to with God on our side. God is the God of the impossible. And with him living on the inside of us, we can have the confidence to overcome anything that comes our way. You know, Nehemiah could have just avoided everything when those odds were stacked up against him. He could have just been like, yo, I'm out. I can't do it. And just walked away. Yet he chose to stay. And to persevere. He chose to keep going despite the difficulty. And because of that, he was able to defy the odds. He was able to help turn an impossible situation into a God miracle. I have seen countless miracles and testimonies in my life. And they all had one thing in common. That was they defied the odds. Something that looked impossible became possible. And I'll never forget mine. When I was in college, I was having so much trouble with my knee because I had dislocated it a few years before. But the issue with it was it would randomly just pop in and out, whether I was just walking or even going down a simple flight of stairs. And I couldn't do all that I needed to do because of it. It was limiting me from what God had called me to do. It was an obstacle in my life. One morning, my classmates and I were in our daily prayer session and one of my leaders asked me to come into the middle of the room. See, he knew that I had trouble with my knee and that it was bringing a lot of pain and I couldn't do all that I needed to do. He asked my classmates to gather around and lay hands on me and we began to pray for a physical healing that the doctor said was not possible. And during that prayer, something happened. And I'm not saying this to scare you guys. I'm not saying it to be weird or whatever. This is just a reality that happened. This is a testimony. I felt a shift in my knee. And I'm not going to lie to you. For a brief moment, it burned. And I thought it was getting worse. But within that same moment, 
the burning sensation turned to a relief. It was like my knee had never got dislocated to begin with, and I've never been the same since. God helped me to defy the odds with that promise of healing. There are some things in life that we cannot conquer on our own, and we're not meant to do it alone. But God will always give us the resources and the supernatural strength to conquer any obstacles that come our way, to defy any odds that come against us. But it's more than just believing that promise and believing that it's God possible. It's taking that leap of faith. You know, faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And so jumping right into faith, for example, like even when the doctor gives a negative report, it's believing that God is going to heal you and it's fighting for the health that God's promised you. Even when rejection comes, it's the decision to keep going because we know that God has something better for us. It's in those moments that people tell us we can't do something, we show them that we can. I encourage you, just jump right into those moments of faith when the odds seem to be against you and don't give up. And when you combine perseverance with faith, you'd be amazed at what you can overcome. The third thing I want to encourage you to make this your year is to dare to hope. Now, if you guys have ever played True for Dare, you know that in this game, there's really only two options. Of course, there's truth. And if you pick that, you have to answer any question truthfully, whether you want to or not. Then there's the other side, where if you pick Dare, no matter what they say, you have to do it. It was definitely a silly game as a kid. <laughs> But to dare is to have courage to do something. And to hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for certain things to happen. So when we put those two together, we must have the courage to have positive expectation for things in our lives. We must have the courage to believe for positive things, even when disappointments arise. Hebrews 6 18 through 20 in the message translation. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running on ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us. Even when Nehemiah was building the wall, I'm sure that they had faced disappointments. But they didn't let those disappointments define their life. And in the last two years especially, our world has definitely experienced more than its fair share of disappointment. And we ourselves no doubt have experienced it. Disappointment, as we have seen, can be the greatest enemy against hope. And if we let it, we'll suck the very faith and hope out of us, making us completely dry. Even through the hardest times and seasons, we have to be brave enough to hope that there's going to be a turnaround. We have to dare to have that positive expectation that something's going to change. To be more than a conqueror doesn't mean that we won't have disappointments. 
Because as we talked about, we definitely will as part of living in an imperfect world. But we have to choose to walk in the promise of hope, even when things look grim. And believe me, I know that that's a lot easier said than done from experience. And it doesn't always happen right away. However, when we actively choose to have courage to hope on a constant basis, we can overcome any disappointments that come because we have a God who has already given us the victory over them. If Nehemiah had let his disappointment of the rubble decide his next choice, I don't think the wall would have ever been built. I challenge you this year, when disappointment happens, when something comes up that you don't agree with, don't just wish for things to change. Dare to hope that it will and then act on changing them based off that hope. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hopelessness is a lie from the enemy and is used to prevent us from living the life that God has called us to. And as we know, just like any lie for the devil, it can't overtake us unless we let it and that God's truth will prevail. Now, as we see later in the chapter, Nehemiah has officially rebuilt this wall. Nehemiah 6, 15 through 16 in the English Standard Version. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month, Ilu, in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Nehemiah, by the grace of God, was able to do what others said could not be done. He accomplished what was supposed to be impossible. Before Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, they had been in ruins for more than a hundred years and only took 52 days to rebuild. If the walls had been torn down for over a hundred years, then why wasn't the wall rebuilt until Nehemiah came? I really think it's because with Nehemiah, there was a purpose behind it. And of course, God made it a part of his plan, knowing that Nehemiah would make it happen. Nehemiah built the wall under God's command, and because the wall was built, the people that were encircling Judah would no longer be able to dominate and exploit the community. While other people may have been wishing for the walls to be rebuilt, Nehemiah did something about it. He described the possibilities, defied the odds, and dared to hope for something more. As we go into this year and the seasons to come, I encourage you to take these steps as well. To not let yourself be stuck in the rubble. We live in a world that in some ways are in ruins. And maybe it's time for us to help rebuild in our own way. Even the smallest change or action we take will make a difference. I hope this message helped you all today. And before we close, I would love to pray us out. God, I thank you for the year 2022 and all it will be. I fully believe that this will be a year of healing freedom, restoration, and joy. I pray for every person listening to this podcast that you provide the things they need this year. I pray for peace and health over their families. I pray for wisdom and guidance within their homes. And I thank you that your presence is with us wherever we go and for the many blessings, miracles, and testimonies that are going to come from this year. May you always remind us to describe the possibilities, defy any odds that we face, and to always dare to hope. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you have any questions or like specific prayer, you can always reach me on the MTC Movement Instagram page. And if you enjoyed today's message, do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We love having you. The MTC Movement is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. And again, you can always follow the MTC Movement Instagram page for updates and announcements. Have a blessed week, and remember that you are more than a conqueror.